Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello dear friend, welcome back as we continue speaking about um, living above fear. So this is part of our fearless series. Um, if you haven't listened to the first part, you're welcome to go and catch that up. But you can also just continue from here. That should be fine. So we're addressing really um, how do we successfully as believers live above fear continuously. So I don't know about you, but there's been instances in my life where I feel like now I'm above fear and I'm living fine in this area. And then suddenly I'm like, what is wrong? Why do I feel again like fear is overtaking me and I'm defeated in an area? And so we really want to address that today and we really want to see victory in your life and in every person that listens to this and is reached by this as well. If you're not a Christian yet and you're still considering whether um, this is the truth, please do continue seeking, please do continue listening as it is the truth. Jesus is Lord and he alone is the way. Um, back to our true identity, back to the Father, back to Father God, and back to who we really are. And I truly believe with all my heart, He is the only way to live above fear continuously and constantly. And so I get excited, grab a notebook, pen, your Bible, and something to drink. Um, today it's a little bit warm, so I've got my water with me. Let's open with prayer. Father, we want to thank you that as we get into the Word, as we get into the truth, um, we just want to thank you that you are good and that you are Lord. And no matter what we might be facing, what fears are surrounding us, that you are Lord and you have conquered every fear, including the fear of death. And you have walked victoriously to show us that we can do the same. Thank you, Father, for the revelation of the word. Thank you that as people listen to this teaching, that their eyes will be open to the truth and their heart will receive truth that will set them free and set them up to see greater success in their Christian life and in the reality of who we are as believers in Christ. Amen. Okay, so like I said, the question we're answering this time is how do we live above fear continuously where we don't have this, this up and down, ebb and flow sensation of throughout our lives of living above fear and suddenly then giving into it again. Um, but actually getting to a place where you can constantly see yourself in victory above fear, insecurities, ego, self-centeredness, and whatever else you want to name. You can apply this to anything. If we look in the world around us, you don't have to look very far. Um, everything is filled with fear, whether it's the news, wars, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. There is always some message of fear out there. And um, we need to really realize that there is a, a different realm we can live in, that although we are living in a world full of fear, as believers, as born again um, Christian, when you receive Jesus, you received his spirit living on the inside of you, according to scripture. The scriptures declare that you are now one with God. And therefore, because of this union with God and because you have now become a new creation, you are no longer subject to fear. You might be living in a world of fear, but you do not need to be subject to it. And for the next few weeks, we will listen 
um, to how do we apply practically this truth in our life and what might be keeping us behind or keeping us a hold on us from actually living in the fullness of that reality. And today I'm only going to share one main point with you really um, about how to start living in constant success over fear. So this one point is that we have to realize that knowledge alone is not enough. You know, I know doctors who have trained and have their degrees and everything and extra diplomas in medicine and who can fully and successfully explain to you why it is bad to smoke, yet they smoke in their personal life. And yeah, I have all the knowledge in the world. I myself know that it is very good to gym and eat wise and eat less sugar. It doesn't necessarily mean that I do those things, you know. And so I want to to get you to a place and I want to speak to you about faith and the reality of our faith to such a degree that you will see that realizing and opening your heart to the reality that knowledge alone is not enough. We need to know that Jesus did not come to earth to establish a new religion. We call it Christianity today and whenever we do censuses or polls on the most common faiths in the world, there you have it, Christianity is one of them. But that's not what Jesus came to establish. Jesus came and he said that I have come to give you life, John 10 verse 10, and life in its fullness. Some translation says in abundance. And that root word, the idea there is I have come to give you God's kind of life. So when you receive Jesus as Lord, you are born again. And in that instant, God's spirit comes and fills you and you go from dead to being alive, from being lost to being found, from being of this world to being in the kingdom of God. Immediately, just like that, you are forever transformed. You see, our Christian or our conversion to Christianity or to, to Jesus, to looking like Jesus, is not just you live your life, then you add Christianity and then you continue with your life. No, it's like living a life dying and you start a new life the reaction to receiving jesus should not be oh i've arrived it should be like this is a whole new world who am i who are you lord what are you to me who am i on this earth what is my mission on earth what was i created for what does it look like and this is so exciting if we live like that and if we see our faith as the reality of what that is we will start to walk as Jesus did on the earth. Not that we are Jesus, but we would walk as his representatives, um, which we will get into a lot of that in the coming weeks uh, as we look at identity. That's the next thing we're going to address. Well, we're already addressing it. <laughs> so you need to really fix this in your heart that our Christian faith is much, much, much more than a set of good ideas high moral standards and having a very positive out, uh, outlook or attitude. That's not what it is. Jesus never came to give us that. Our Christian faith is a complete transformation. I said earlier, it's like going from darkness to light, death to life, being born again. It starts with a new life and then it continues as we awaken to the new life so that what we are, we become. We start to look like who we are on the inside we start to look like that on the other side, on the outside. Why? Well, so others can experience it. So others can go, whoa, 
That person lives above fear. What is it that makes them live like that? It's a new life. Turn with me to Colossians 3. You're getting more than the people on Sunday because I forgot to go to the scripture and only realized that in the evening. So Colossians 3, in Colossians 3, verse 2 to 3, it says this. Since you have been raised, well, we read from verse 1. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, this is not a promise. This is a statement of fact. A promise, if I give you a promise, it means I still need to fulfill it. This is saying this has been fulfilled. This is saying because of who you are, now you can set your mind on the things which are above, not on the earthly things full of fear. Because why? Why can you do it? It gives you the answer to why. Because you have died. And your life is hidden in Christ, in God. You no longer have a life on this earth separate from God. No, when he came and lived inside of you, you became one. Your flesh, you became one. And now you are a new creation. Why am I hammering this over and over? Well, because there's one thing that's for sure, as my pastor says. We will always live at the level of our revelation. I want to say it like this. You will always live at the level of your revelation about Jesus's work. It's so, so, so true. If we don't understand the fullness of Jesus's work, if we don't understand what he really accomplished and what he really came to do, then it's right. It's true. We will always only live at the level of our revelation about Jesus's work. So we need to know who Jesus is and we need to know what it meant for him to come to earth. What was his mission and what is his mission today? Okay, so why, 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 why speak about this? Because realize this, if our Christian faith is nothing more than a great philosophy and another religion, then there is no way to live above fear because it's just a set of do's and don'ts and seeing how good you can do compared to how not good you can do. It has nothing to do with living in a realm where you walk above fear, conquering fear daily. This is why it is important to know that mere knowledge alone is not enough. Okay, Everything starts with knowledge, but just knowledge alone is not enough. Let me prove it to you here in John 8. John 8. Verse 32, Jesus is speaking and he says this. Let me see where it does he say 32. It's in my notes, but I like to read it from here. Here you go. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Then in verse 32, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look very carefully. It doesn't say it's the truth that sets you free. It says there, you will know the truth and that truth will set you free. The truth that you know. You see, only the truth we know will set us free. Now, when we read this today, we think about the knowledge that we get from listening to something, the knowledge we get, for example, in a university, in a textbook or at school. But that's not the knowledge Jesus was talking about. That's not what he was trying to convey to his audience, to his people, when he was saying, and you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. That's not it. Let me explain to you what that knowing was that Jesus was referring to here. To the Jewish mind, this expression of know, this word of knowing, is more like the way a husband knows a wife. It is an intimate and personal knowledge that is based on experience. It is to become acquainted with someone else, okay? It's not just head knowledge where we fill our head with lots of knowledge of the word or lots of knowledge of other things like at school. You see, only the truth that we are fully convinced of, that we know and have become acquainted with in our innermost being, that is the truth that sets us free, okay? It's what we know and believe really inside, not what we confess on the outside, but what we truly believe on the inside. So to use that example again about getting married, my husband, is his name is Carl, and he no longer knows me only on an intellectual level. He knows me because he's become acquainted with me and I with him. And we have become acquainted with each other to the exclusion of anyone else. You see, at our wedding day, it was both a celebration and a funeral. Two died, and now we have become one new unit and we draw from God and from the Spirit, from His Word, to show us what does that mean. And that is the same thing that is meant here when it says, and you will know the truth. It is like knowing to the exclusion of anything else. You know from God's Word. You know from the Spirit. You know the truth from what? from Not from what, but from inside of you. That you have taken knowledge because it starts with knowledge. Carl and I couldn't get married if we didn't know something about each other. Um, and it starts there and then it starts to go into revelation knowledge where we no longer just know it in our mind, but now we are acquainted with this truth. Okay. And I always think of the disciples. I want to pause here. I think about how their normal is our supernatural. Like to them, when they were living with Jesus, what they saw, that became normal to them. Healing the sick, seeing miracles every single day, seeing Jesus God on earth manifesting his wisdom, his words, his correction, his strength in a situation, seeing that was their normal. And so when we realized that they were, they had more than just head knowledge, they had an acquainted, an acquaintance, an, a, a knowledge, like a deep knowing. That's why John, when he writes, I love how he writes, he says that I have held him, I've beheld him, I've touched him, I've felt him, I know him. I know he is. And then Paul says, and now we know him, not just according to the flesh, but according to who he really is. That's in 2 Corinthians 5. We know now Jesus no longer according to the flesh. So we can know him even greater, but that's not speaking about a head knowledge. It's speaking about a heart knowledge that leads to transformation. Okay. So remember now, don't get me wrong. Knowledge is important. That's where it starts, okay? We, but knowledge must become revelation, that which is believed in the heart, that which light is shone on, so that it leads to action, okay? That's really, really important. I'm going to read a verse that you all might know very well, and I'm hoping to shed some light on it as well. And then I'm going to sh- tell you a scene from a movie that will help you to see this if you want to go and check it out. But Romans 12, I want to read verse 2. You can read the rest on your own, but verse 2 says, um, I'm going to read it in two translations. So the one is the NASB, and do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The New Living Translation says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. That's fear. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in this movie, the movie it's an old movie, it's called The Matrix. In this movie, and if you want to go and look up Matrix fight scene, Neo fights for the first time. It's a very short scene on YouTube. It's not violent. It is a fight scene, but it's not violent. I don't watch violent things. You can watch it. And in this scene, what happens is that this guy, Neo, has just awakened to the truth. He was living his life in a reality, but it wasn't the truth. He's awakened to the truth. And now he realizes, first, he's very shocked. And then he realizes, wait a minute, he can gain knowledge supernaturally quick because he has just realized who he really is and he's escaped the matrix and then as he does this he looks at his leader and he says to him i know how to do a kung fu and his leader says to him show me and then they have this exercise program <clears throat> where the leader challenges him even more to think ab above knowledge not just to think you know the truth not just to try and believe the truth, but to know it inside. Don't just try to, to know it, but knowing it in your inner being. Challenging the status quo, challenging that which the reality that he grew up in. And the same, I believe, is true that, that many of the writers, and including Jesus, was trying to show us, yes, there's a reality. Of course, there's a reality. And we are here to engage in that reality. But the truth is the realm in which we live. This is the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm that says if we can conform our mind or transform our mind and not conform our mind, we will see the truth. And when we see the truth as it is in us, as he is in us, so are we in this world, 1 John 4, verse 17. If we see that for what it really is, and we really believe it, we're not trying to believe it, but from the inside, we know this is who I am. We will see the same results as Jesus did and even greater, especially when it comes to fear. You know, why are we not seeing more constant results in living above fear? Honestly, the answer is very simple, but it's true. It, it, it might be that or one of the biggest reasons is that we have an intellectual knowledge of the truth, but not an intimate knowledge of the truth. And there's a massive difference between the two because we will always revert back to what we truly believe. When we face with fear, what comes out is what you really believe about God and what you really believe about yourself. That's why it's so important to understand the scripture and understand the revelation of the grace of God and the goodness of God through sending a savior who saved us. And once he saved us, he has now filled us with his spirit and we are no longer of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. We are saints, not sinners. We are born again. We are not dead. We are alive. And when we really start to really see this for what it is, it brings complete transformation in our lives. And so <clears throat> I, I promise you that I would follow this up with practical steps to start moving in the right direction. And this might sound like nothing new to you, um, which is fine. 
but you don't need something new. You need a deep knowing of that which is true. And so many more examples I can use, but I'm just going to get to the practical part. So what do you do when you realize this is where you are right now? You do start with knowledge. Take scriptures that's about your identity. There's so many, so, so many about your identity in Christ. And go and memorize that scripture. For example, one I'm busy with now is 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 7. I can read it for you as well, but it says that the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear. Some translations say timidity, but a spirit of power, love and sound mind. Some say self-control. I prefer the original sound mind in this. So when we go to that scripture, like I'm doing now, you go to 2 Timothy. Now you memorize it. And then when you've memorized it, you can start to meditate on it. Okay, so you start for God has not given me. Okay. You start there. Um, for God has not given me. For God. For God. Now ask yourself questions. What does that mean? Now we're meditating. We're not just learning it so we can say it. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. No, what are we doing? We are now meditating with the purpose of um, seeing that thing in our heart the way God sees it. Do you understand that? Okay, so now, uh, for I thank my God, okay, sorry, I thank my God, for God has not given me, for God has not given me. Whoa, who's doing this? God is doing it. God is doing it? Wow, what is he doing? He is giving, he has given, he has given, for God has not, now you go to has not, has not, oh, then this fear I'm feeling is not from God. So, Paul is right when he says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that God is not given. What has God not given me personally? What do I not have? I do not have a spirit of fear, timidity. In fact, that same root word is cowardness. Isn't that incredible to see it like that? Then suddenly when you look at things and like I'm busy um, in the next two weeks, I'll be facing some things, new things we've never done. We're moving the ministry we're opening an arm of the ministry that's completely new. And it's it's it can be scary. Last night I was thinking it's so easy to give in to fear right now. But then I pull on the scripture and I'm like, this is who I am. And I start to see myself, okay, wait, God has not given me a spirit of fear. But then these other voices I'm hearing is not God's voice. He is not a voice of fear. He is not a spirit of fear. Now I start to do this, and it's so important. We must do this. I start to allow that truth to do two things. It needs to paint a picture on the inside of you of what it looks like to live above fear. So I would close my eyes or I would think about what we're going to start in two weeks' time. I would think about how it's running and I would see the people there. I would see how Jesus is touching the hearts of the people. I see how people are being set free from darkness, coming to light. I see these people, young people coming to Jesus. I see how I walk boldly, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. I see how people meet with me and they experience Jesus. Do you see? I start to meditate on that. I see how they become set free as they no longer bend their knee to fear, but bend their knee to Jesus, who is the Lord of their life. Do you see that? 
Now I start to see that happening. But the second thing that happens is as I see that happening, as I see this verse, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. Now I go to that, that thing. And as I close my eyes or as I meditate, I think, how, what does it look like when I don't live in fear anymore? Now it also reveals to me where I'm struggling to see myself walk above fear. I might be struggling. I can see these things working, but oh, I don't see how I'm living above fear in that situation with like my family and my children while I'm so busy. What's going to happen with them? This is now my personal example. So now I ask, Holy Spirit, the scripture is true. I know it. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. So God, by your spirit, I ask you now to show me a picture of what it's like when there's no fear because my children are taken care of. And I wait for him. And he paints a picture on the inside of my heart. And he paints it and I go over it again and again and again until it becomes my truth. Not something I'm trying to make true, but it becomes the truth that I know intimately. Okay. And then what also will, what I will say, and this has been incredible in my life in the past, is it may be that a truth in scripture highlights, um, a truth, sorry, the truth highlights a reality that you are struggling with. A very good friend of mine who I love dearly, um, they struggle with identity. They struggle to see themselves as God sees them. Although they are well, well, versed in the truth they know the gospel they know who god is they really struggle and it's because of what happened in their past they were not never told by their parents they were never told by their family that they are good enough they were never established in the truth of their identity and identity and years later that that it comes in ebbs and flows. I see how they go through this, where they struggle with this thing, that they are good enough, that there's no condemnation, uh, Romans 8 verse 1, for them in Christ. And I see what happens. Their meditation of their heart is, although they know the scriptural truth, the meditation of their heart goes back to those old ideas. It goes back to, you see, you're never going to be more than this. You see, this is who you are. You see, this is what you're going to do. You see, you'll always end up like this. And then it takes so much to bring them back to the place where they were before. So it's really important that when we memorize scriptures, we meditate on the scripture until the picture on our inside is one. It becomes your truth. You're not trying to make it true, but it is true. And secondly, until that picture challenges your old picture, so much so that the new reality in you is who you really believe you are. And this, the last point I'll say with that practically is to daily practice it. It could be in small things, big things, medium things, whatever you choose, but practice it daily. For example, daily sit for a few minutes and exercise, practice seeing that image from that verse, from the verse you're choosing. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. What does that look like? What does that mean today? Well, that means today I can pray for my family. I can be patient with my family. I can manifest Jesus in every conversation I'm in. I can walk in peace. I can walk in gratitude. I can walk in love, in kindness, endurance. I can do all these. This is who's in me. This is who I am. And you start to practice it. Oh, I could encourage someone today. Oh, I can speak to someone about Jesus. I can have a spiritual conversation. 
things like that. That's how we start to, we can see, you can see the vision that God has called you to. You can see it fulfilled in your life because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Many scriptures to meditate on, many truths you can take and do this with. Please do send us some feedback. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life and you are still deciding, I want to challenge you with this. God is God. And he has put a decision before you. He has given more than enough evidence for his for who he is, for the reality that he is true and that he has manifested himself on the earth through Jesus Christ. We don't need more evidence than that. You just need to believe it. And things that you are looking for will make more sense after you, you decide to believe it than what you're trying to figure it out beforehand. Believe it and watch the race make more sense. So let's pray. And if you need any help or any prayer for anything, we are always available. Contact us. You can find our information on Facebook. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on our website. You can find it on Instagram. Um, please do contact us. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness, your love, and your constant faithfulness in our lives. Thank you, Father, that as people have been listening to this, that even now, if they take a few minutes after this teaching to meditate on this, Father, that you reveal to them areas where they might not be seeing themselves according to the knowledge that they should know by heart, but where they're seeing themselves according to their past, according to what they think, according to what people said about them, or a false and wrong picture of who God is, who you are as their God. Thank you that you're revealing this by your spirit to them and that they will start to experience the wonderful truth and the wonderful reality of living above fear. And that although it might take some effort in the beginning, it's only effort to apply it. But once they've got it, they will start to see more and more freedom, more and more victory and a continuous victory over fear in all areas of their life. I pray for those who have not made you Lord of their life yet, that they will now receive you by heart belief and mouth confession, declaring that Jesus, you are Lord. I don't need to understand everything, but I know that you died and you rose again for me so that I may have a new life and I may be free from fear forever. Fear of death, fear of hell, fear of living a life separated from God. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Please reach out to us if this is the first time that you've prayed this prayer or if you are struggling with fear, please let us know um, and continue listening. We love you. Bye. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.